Justin, a newly unsealed court document gives us a clue about how the special counsel built the case around Donald Trump. Uh, we're back here at the table with our legal team, starting with uh, you, Caitlin Polance. You have been reading through this. What can you tell us? I have. So we just got this court decision from the D.C. Circuit, the appeals court. It was a case that was under seal. Very curious what it was. And now we know it was a case between the special counsel's office, the people investigating January 6th, and Donald Trump and Twitter. And what happened was in January, the special counsel investigators went to Twitter and they said, we have a search warrant and we would like data and records related to Donald Trump's Twitter account at Real Donald Trump. At that time, uh, they didn't comply right away. Twitter had some sort of hiccups. They took a little bit of time. They faced a fine of $350,000 for delaying producing those records. And then why this ended up in court is because the Justice Department didn't want Twitter to tell Donald Trump that they were seeking this information. Oh, and they won that ability not to have Twitter disclose to Donald Trump, the client of Twitter, right, as the account holder, that this search was going to be taking place of his Twitter account. And the reason is really interesting. It's outlined here in that the court that they went before, the special counsel's office went before, believed that there was reasonable grounds uh, to say that if they were to tell Donald Trump they were doing this search on his Twitter account, it could seriously jeopardize the ongoing investigation. He could potentially want to destroy evidence, change patterns of behavior, or, quote, notify Confederates. There's also a footnote in here about how there was a discussion of whether he might flee from prosecution if he knew the search was being discussed. The Justice Department ultimately walked that back, but that was something that the judge also had to look at. Would Donald Trump flee? <laughs> because they wanted to look at his Twitter? Okay. Uh, <laughs> what do you make of, of this, given your experience uh, as a uh, prosecutor? Well, I was just uh, reading... And defense that, attorney. Yeah, just reading that opinion. Uh, my first thought was that it would have been better if Elon Musk had not fired his entire legal team. <laughs> <laughs> they, they might have done better They wouldn't the have been fined. Right, they wouldn't have been fined, exactly. Uh, it's interesting because Musk says he's an advocate of, you know, absolutist in terms of free speech, and one of their arguments is that they had a right to talk about this, they shouldn't be stopped from talking about it. But the opinion, the, the original court ruling is very sound because there is a procedure for when you ask a court not, a, a recipient of the subpoena not to disclose that information. From an evidentiary standpoint, they're looking for this because ultimately if they need those kinds of tweets as part of their case, they need access to the original tweets. Can, can I ask you a question that perhaps is an ignorant one? What did they need to get from his Twitter account that we all didn't see in public on his Twitter account? Meaning, like, Twitter is, by nature, public. Do we know the answer to that yet? I haven't gotten to that part of okay. reading the 34-page <laughs> opinion. It just came out. Or maybe uh, it's because his, his Twitter account was, account was canceled, so well, it wasn't all... Yes. As Shan says, right. you have to have Option. the evidence yeah. have some right. sort of integrity to it. And so they do have to get it from Twitter itself. They can't just get it from the I internet see. Right, they can't just do screen That makes sense. Public, in public statements. You're, you're, quite in there. you're quite familiar with Donald Trump's, uh, the, the, the account formerly known as Donald Trump's Twitter account. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, I think I still have nightmares about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously he's a prolific poster. We know that there are posts that were, you know, around January 6th, like, be there, will be wild that prosecutors were very interested mm -hmm. in. It's still amusing to me the notion that they somehow thought that trying to get access to his subpoena account or to his Twitter account was what was going to make him flee because it's not like Donald Trump did not realize he was the center of a pretty <laughs> hefty investigation. Yeah. And it also makes you wonder, where is he going to flee to? Like his golf course in Scotland and then just never come back? So that strikes me as a little curious. 
Okay, let's turn to what is happening in Georgia, or what we believe will be happening in Georgia shortly, uh, and that is potentially a fourth indictment. Mm -hmm. This, of course, uh, on the state level. I want to play what Donald Trump said at a campaign event in New Hampshire about this yesterday. I'm sorry, I won't be able to go to Iowa today. I won't be able to go to New Hampshire today because I'm sitting in a courtroom on bullshit because his attorney general charged me with something. I probably have another one. They say there's a young woman, uh, a young racist in Atlanta. She's a racist. And this is a person that wants to indict me. She's got a lot of problems, but she wants to indict me to try and run for some other office. Bonnie Willis, he's speaking about who is African-American. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, he has called her racist before. The district attorney's office is aware of it, and they sort of brush it off until it rises to an actual threat against her, which she's been getting a lot of. And, you know, we've already seen the sort of security be ramped up around the courthouse. And we expect that she's going to start making her presentation before a grand jury next week in this sprawling investigation involving Donald Trump, involving many of his allies who tried to overturn the election in Georgia. And she's already lining up these witnesses, not because she needs new information from them. They've all testified before the special grand jury. Prosecutors know what they're going to say. But she wants them there to help craft this narrative around what actually transpired around the 2020 election, what people were doing to try to overturn it as she goes to this grand jury and asks for indictments. And Shan, obviously what her argument is going to be, assuming she indicts, is that he, the former president, then sitting president, broke state laws in Georgia. Uh, the defense is almost certainly going to say, the Trump defense, you don't have jurisdiction to do this. Do you expect it to go uh, through the federal courts, maybe even to the Supreme Court to help answer that? I think he'll certainly try to do that. Um, there's some potential procedural obstacles to that when you're trying to challenge the state court's ruling. I mean, jurisdiction courts generally always have to consider it. I don't think it's a very strong argument. I mean, mm -hmm. she's the Georgia prosecutor. Why wouldn't she have jurisdiction over it? Uh, so I don't think that's really going to go anyplace, but that could be an argument that they'll make. Yeah, well, we're going to see all of the arguments uh, <laughs> when we, we believe it's going to come Soon-ish? Soon. Next week. Next week. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, thank you so much for that. Thanks for the breaking news.